Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back. This is the Obsidian Mindset Podcast. My name is Joe, aka Joe the Wellness Curator, and thank you for coming back. Today is not a normal episode. It is one of the first interviews that we'll be doing. When I first started this podcast, the intention was to really not only talk about my story and wellness in the different dimensions, but also hear about other people's perspectives and stories so that we can get a more holistic view of what wellness means and start to shift some of the inequities and some of the mental blockers and lack of motivation that you may get because you might not see yourself in the wellness space or wellness community. When in fact, it's for all of us, right? So April gets really vulnerable and talks about her wellness journey. And she, as someone that identifies as a highly sensitive straight black woman that loves really hard, what does wellness look like to her? And then, you know, we ended up just talking about some other things like uh, boundaries. We talk about just creating spaces and how to do that effectively. And, you know, she ended up dropping some gems at the end, talking about therapy and just like what her thoughts about America are. And, you know, we have a good time. So take a listen. Enjoy yourself, take all the notes, all the absorption, get all the information and all the tips. And you, once again, if you need to contact me, email me, feel free to hit me up at joe at definedbyobsidian.com. Or you can hit me up on IG at my personal, Joe Wellness the Curator, or the podcast IG, Obsidian Mindset. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have today April, my homegirl April, uh, the winner, I must say, the winner of March's Community Member of the Month for Obsidian. Say what's up, girl? What's up? I wasn't expecting that at all. So it was such a delight to hear that news. You earned it. And it it made it even more special to me that it came from you. (sighs) Ashe, Ashe. All right. So I wanted to bring you on here today. So let me just give you the premise of this real quick. Um, So the premise of these interviews is to get an understanding of like whose wellness stories are missing and like where can we get an understanding of this, right? So when you think of your wellness story, you often think of like the straight white male you see like Mm -hmm. or the white woman jogging or like things of that nature. But there's a large piece of of the population that's missing or they feel like they're not welcome in wellness. And that's often why we don't aspire to it. So I'm just going to ask you a few questions. You know what I mean? Let's dig a little deeper and see what's who who can aspire from your story and who can get something from your story. So my first question is just tell me about your wellness story and whatever form rings true to you. My wellness story is ongoing. Some days it feels triumphant. Other days it feels like I am in sheer full head to toe battle. I'm in kind of one of those moments right now where it's just like I'm fighting to survive it. I think I'm at the place where I know that it is for sure something that you have to wake up every day and you have to choose. You have to choose wellness. And it is in every moment thought process. So it is a constant, right? Like they always say there's nothing in this world that's constant except for change. Well, there's no constant in this world other than change and choice, right? So you get to make the choice to do what's best for your own personal wellness journey. And that's another piece of it is everyone has their own journey. What works for me, what makes sense to me, what isn't actual for me is not going to be for everyone else. And what I can see, others may not be able to and vice versa. So I think every day, again, it's an ongoing thing. And you have to make a choice to participate in it. I love that. All right. So just to 
to tap on something you said, it was just like you having to pick every day wellness and making that priority. How do you pick it when those, there's like, every, you know, you have those days where it's just like, I mean, I had that day this morning. I was, to be honest, a little hungover from a little brunch. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't want to go to the gym, but I chose to. But like, how do you choose to do something when, you know, your body or your external environment or external factors are saying no? I think that's, again, where you have to pay attention to what is happening in you and around you, because some days those no's are actually the point of the wellness for that day. Maybe it's just saying, nope, I'm not doing anything because that's what my body requires of me. That's what my mind requires of me. But I think that's having to take a hard, honest look at self each day and say, am I not doing something because I don't feel like it or because... I need to rest, but don't get me wrong. Cause there are plenty of days where it's like, I'm not doing nothing. But then if you're going to look back on that day at the end of the day, and be like, ah, I should have, that's how, you know, you weren't choosing actual rest. You were being lazy and that's okay. Sometimes. Know thyself. Right. Well, speaking of know thyself, uh, I think that, you know, I've been reading My Body's an Apology, and one thing that Taylor says is that we all live in multiple intersections of identity. So mm-hmm. I just want to know, like, what is what do you consider your identity at this moment? Like, what are the different pieces, gender, race, et cetera, et cetera? And how does that affect your wellness, especially in times like now? Oh, that's a good one. I might have to ask you to ask that again, because I might go off on a tangent. I identify as a straight Black woman. If we dig a little bit deeper, I am a highly sensitive, anxiety-ridden, like legit highly sensitive. I I think that's one of the ones that is very telling for me. Um, It's super deep for me, but I am a highly sensitive, straight Black woman that loves hard. And I take the hard components of people around me that I love sometimes that I don't even know. And I make their problems my problems to, to help solve the world around us. There's a word for that. I just can't think of it right now because you are asking. <laughs> that is kind of the root of my identity. So it sounds similar to like an empath. I'm very much an empath. Very, very, very much. To the point where I've had to be extremely strict about my boundaries. Mm. And they have to fluctuate sometimes, right? If I feel like my boundaries are being crossed or stepped on, I'll shrink them and then I'll fortress that shit. Like there's a moat around it. There's the cement walls, everything until I'm ready to come out again. And you know that you have to respect my boundaries. I am a lover of all. There are so many little people in my life because I'm very much the person that is kind of just the free spirit. I want everyone to just be able to think as they do, exist as they are, without the limitations of someone else's projections of fear on you. And so between my nephew, my cousin's kids, my my little Mac, all of them, they're my kind, my pseudo kid, they're, they're the children, you know, that taught me how important it is to be truly yourself and then to make space for others. So just to tap into the highly sensitive straight Black woman, can you like dig a little deeper? Like, how does that affect your wellness? And how, especially in this world that we're living in, this country that we're living in, mm-hmm. how does that show up for you in most days or even today? You can even use today, for example, if you want. That's hard. 
because to look at the world as it as it exists at this moment, there's no place for a person like me, right? Black women are often overlooked and unheard. A sensitive person, we can't have that as black people, right? Like you, you have to be strong all the time. There's no place for tenderness. There's no place for softness because we got shit to do. You know what I mean? We have stuff to do. Therefore, there's no room for a person like me. So oftentimes it's either coming into a situation, quiet, observing, learning, figuring out where I am in order to both protect myself and to make space for myself. But often you got to come in kind of guns blazing and chest out and tell people that they're going to make room for you. And if they're not, they can just think of you in your absence, meaning you just won't be around them because that's what it takes to protect self too. And that's probably one of the hardest lessons I've had to learn is you can't give yourself continuously and expect to be refilled without either explaining to people who and how you are or essentially filling your own cup. And the latter probably is often more important because people may not know or have the tools to be what you need um, oftentimes. And so you have to kind of self-soothe when you're <laughs> highly sensitive because everything bothers you. You pick up on every little thing. You know when someone's irritated. You know when someone's mad. You know when someone means a thing but didn't mean a thing. And so now you feel bad because you pointed it out to them. You overthink everything. You're tired with everything. So allowing yourself the space to be you and knowing what goes into that and kind of, you know, looking at yourself and admiring yourself when the world kind of thinks you're too much. You're just enough mm -hmm. and more. So, you know, Obsidian Mindset, we're all about redefining wellness. And how do we begin to redefine this society so that more highly sensitive people, more Black women feel accepted and feel like they're heard? So you yourself, but even let's say me as an ally of sensitive Black women, i.e. you, how do we hold these spaces so that there's change and that everyone feels comfortable and they feel heard? I think one of the the largest components of change that aids the process of a sensitive people being comfortable saying they're sensitive one, because I probably won't say that, you know, in my given regular settings, because mm -hmm. it's too much that comes with it, right? There's, for lack of a better word of bullying, it's, that's not the right word, but people don't know how to accept sensitivity. I think conversations have recently started around people saying, you know, no, I am soft. I am tender. You do have to take care of me. I'm not that strong Black woman. I don't want to be that strong. I can't say that's necessarily true for me because I would love to be the, I don't want to say Joan of Arc because she's white, but you know, you get it. The That person who gets to be the head of the strong people. I don't view myself as weak, but I think when we allow Black people, not just women or men or non-binary people to have those spaces where they get to feel, I think that's the thing. For so long, we weren't able to feel. You know, your mother died. It sucks. Suck it up because your life is continuing. So you got to get some stuff done around here. You got to take care of the rest of these kids. So then that child never kind of gets that space and place to really be a kid and know what feelings are and get to cry and just kind of let it out. You know, we teach black boys, suck it up, don't cry. Men don't cry. And that's an absolute fallacy because they do. Mm -hmm. 
up until probably maybe I would say eight years ago, maybe 10. I Before that, I saw my dad cry maybe twice, maybe, right? Post that, I've seen him cry a few different times and he swear it's his medicine. But it's only at like certain occasions of like people graduating, people being born, or scary moment. And it's just my medicine makes me emotional. It's like, no, <laughs> you're, you just, you're feeling things and that's okay. And that's the thing is we have to allow people to feel. Otherwise, like that's the only way you make space in this world for someone who is super sensitive is by allowing and giving permission to everyone else in this world, Black especially, to to take that space, to feel everything they feel, to be upset, to cry, to be angry and act out in that anger. Because that's, that's another thing, like you hold all of that trauma in your body when you don't get to release that, all of that anger just stays stored in you, mm-hmm. right? So then what happens when, you know, you explode, you do something irrational and people then want to say, well, he should have known and, or she should have known. And it's like, yeah, they did, but guess what? For years and years and years, they misplaced trauma that was supposed to be let go and they stored it in their body until their body broke down or their mind broke down and now we want to get mad at their reaction when it's not in total their fault um so i think that's the best way to do it is by allowing yourself and empowering others to allow themselves to feel creating that space Mm -hmm. so with that when do you feel was the last time that you didn't allow yourself to be that highly sensitive black woman when's the last time you felt like you had to mask it um, it's funny, my sister and I just had this conversation before, um, around Easter, we were explaining to her mother-in-law anxiety because both myself, my sister, anxiety written, like <laughs> it's genetic, but also my mother, it was both a learned behavior and a genetic pass down through her. And so we were talking about it when my mother is kind of having her anxiety attacks, you can see it. When my sister is having her anxiety attacks, you can see it. For me, you will never know. You will never know until it's like that that pimple when it's coming to a head and you're like, mm-mm, that, that kind of hurts. Or, What's on my face? And then it, you start to see it. You won't know until that moment is here. And when the moment shows up, I'm kind of explosive at that point because I've been in it for so long. In my years of therapy and also just recognizing that in myself, I've learned how to take that step back. And like I said, I'll create that fortress and I'll allow myself to melt um, with nobody else around so that they can't pass the judgment on me. Because the last thing that I need to hear when I'm when I'm going through it is you're being a baby. You're being dramatic. You're overreacting. Those are words that don't help me. They hurt the situation more than they help, right? So because eventually what I'll do is I'll go back into that shell where it's nothing around and I'm just... I'm holding it all in until I become explosive. And I don't like that version of me. I don't like the explosive me. So I'd rather take the space and kind of be mellow on my own, let myself melt, and I'll pick up the pieces and put them back together the way I want the picture to look, rather than what you would like it to look for you and what makes you know your life easier and better. Love that. Come on, dropping gems. Okay, so I think, and that leads me into a very good question of like, you just mentioned therapy, you remember, you mentioned reflection. 
What are some tools in your toolbox that has helped you throughout the, your wellness journey to be at that space and to kind of recognize that? What are some things that you do either daily, weekly, monthly to help you through the journey? 100% therapy. That's, there are two bills that will always be paid. And that is my Spotify bill and my hey. therapy bill. <laughs> I can't live without music and I don't know where I would be without therapy, to be honest with you. I really don't. Music is my thing. Therapy, meditation, especially when when I can hear the outside voices, the world more than I can hear inside. It's really important to be able to return to that inner self, that that unconscious mind so that you can hear your greater self tell you what needs to happen in order to make you better. Journaling, working out, going back to previous answer, like I can be explosive, right? So there are a number of dumb things that I have done in this lifetime because I didn't know I was having a panic attack. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, that explosive nature of me just rampages. It was in my way because I'm burning everything up and I'm tearing everything down. Mm. So the best way that I can meet that version of me is through boxing so that I can still be explosive and ah. punch everything around me. <laughs> run amok and it's controlled it's control it's a controlled explosion i think between that and then i don't know the support system um i'm still trying to find the the correct components of my support system right i think that might be the most undervalued component and aid to therapy because therapy allows you that space to get it out and to be honest mm -hmm. in an unbiased fashion your support system allows you to build on that. Your support system allows you to um, like truly live in who you are, but build you up. And they also hold you accountable to build yourself up in the way that you need to be built. Um, and I think that's the thing is like, I keep going back to is everyone has to allow people to be people. Like you have to allow a person to be exactly who they are, not who you wish they would be, not who you imagine they could be but in this moment who are they and what do they tell you they need you then are responsible to hold them accountable to that being a part of their support system so those are my components of wellness overall and then also you know the four agreements goes a long way for me you have to you have to be okay with what your best is on every single given day because it will fluctuate it will change but did you give it all you had today? The answer is yes or no. And if you can say yes, leave it there. If you left it all on the floor for what you had today, accept that and try again tomorrow for what you wish you could, which what you would like to accomplish, you know? Oof, I didn't even I didn't even know I need to hear that till just now, <laughs> just based <laughs> off my day today. So thank you for that. You're you're welcome. Let me take a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, you know, since we're talking about wellness and I love the gym, let's talk about boxing a little bit. And like, what, what are some things that you've learned from boxing physically? Like, you know, strength, whatever. I'll let you answer that. But also where that also flowed outside of, and I know you mentioned controlled explosion, which I love kind of redirecting your explosion to something more constructive. But what are some things you learned physically and then some other dimensions of wellness or yourself that boxing has taught you? The number one thing that I've learned is that your mind will get in the way of every single thing every time if you let it. It's been so many times where we're training 
and I'm about to do a combo and I'll stop. Hmm. And I'll readjust myself and my trainer will say, well, why did you stop? I'm like, I don't know. Say it again. What am we supposed to do? And he'll stop and say, you know what we supposed to do. You you sitting there overthinking and you trying to you, get out your head, get out your head. And that's the thing for me is my body knows. And if I'm, if I allow myself, and that's almost anything that I do, like my body knows, my muscles know how to react to everything. Mm -hmm. My brain is a muscle. It knows how to react. If I can step out of my own way, Mm -hmm. if I cannot overthink, if I can just do, it's easy. And I'll, I'll have the results that I want because I've trained for it. Because I've I've gone through it. I think that's another thing of it with boxing is you can't wake up one day and decide, oh, I'm a boxer. I still wouldn't even dare call myself a boxer. And I've been (laughs) training with a pro boxer for going on four years now, three Mm. and a half, four years, right? Like, I know how to do more than a person that just uses it to work out. Got it. I'm not a pro. I'm not even an amateur fighter, right? Like, it is my my source of stress relief, but I'm confident that if anybody decided that they felt, you know, a little gully and they wanted to step to me, I'm going to lay you out. And <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with that. Because don't try me because I, I know. And I think that's the thing too, is you have to trust the training that you put in. You have to know if you're ever presented with a situation where you have to use the skills that you have trained to have that they will come easily as long as you don't get in your own way. And then I think the very last thing is you have to allow yourself to be bad at something before you can be good at it. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to step into this thing and they want to be amazing off it. They want to be that, that immediate success story. Um, but that doesn't work, right? Like you can be a one hit wonder with anything, mm-hmm. but in order to have longevity any and everywhere, you have to really get deep and you have to decide that it is okay to be bad at whatever new skill you're trying to acquire, no matter what it is. I think those are the three major realms of boxing along with discipline. I haven't lost a single pound in months. You want to know why? Because I have not been completely disciplined, as disciplined as I needed to be. And that's the thing with boxing, like it, it won't allow you to cheat it. It mm-hmm. won't allow you to cheat the system. If this is what you say you want, you have to put in every single hour of training. You have to put in every single hour of meal prep. You have to put in every single hour of cardio, all of the things, right? You have to put in everything that you say you want to get. You have to put that much more into whatever it is um, in order to reach that next level of good. Right. Um, yeah, those are the things that I've learned through boxing. I love that. All right, I think we've we we have time for one more. All right, so you know what we're gonna do. So Obsidian has something called deep dive questions, Ooh. and you know you get a nice cute question in the beginning, and then we go a little deeper. Right. So are you ready? <laughs> okay. All right. You know what? It's gonna be viewer's choice. I mean, not viewer. It's gonna be an interviewee choice. So pick a number between one and twenty-five. Let's see what question you're going to get. One in 25. Um, 11. All right. Okay. You ready? Yeah. What does an equitable future look mean to you? Or what does that look like to you? Ooh. Um, 
It means having freedom of time while also accruing dollars that I don't have to actually sit at a desk and work for. Mm. Yes. And how, and so let's dig a little deeper on that. So how do you, how do you create that society? Like, how do you envision yourself creating that? For me, that's in traveling the world um, while also learning about the different ways of the stock market, investing and making money without me having to work in the traditional fashion that, you know, we've been taught. So since we're just here. Since we're here. (laughs) Where would you travel to first if you had uh, the option? Oh, um, I think there are other lands on this globe that you can go to that will will give you beauty and will give you substance and will make you feel loved and you get to find a piece of yourself. Mm. I think that that's one of the things for me. I think there's a piece of you in every land and you have to go in search of it. And travel is one of the only things that makes you richer. You already know I agree with that. I'm trying to figure out my next stop. Right. I'm like, where are we going? Where am I going to find my next my next piece of myself, as you said? <laughs> I got to go because I'm American me is tired. Baby. <laughs> That's a mood. That's a mood. <laughs> American me is tired. Uh, oh, man. All right. This has been so much fun. All right. So the last thing that I have, and this is why I ask everyone, uh, are there any tips, affirmations that you just want to share with everyone? Um, just about wellness or to get through? So I used to have this affirmation. Well, it still exists clearly. But when I was living in New York, every time I walked out the door, anytime I touched the doorknob, I would say it. I'll say that like to, to cap it all off. But I think everyone needs to get used to the idea of therapy. Everyone needs it. Every single person. I don't care if you think you're doing well and you've got it figured out and you have it all together. Every single person needs therapy and you need a maintenance schedule. I don't care if it's every week because you're going through it. If it's every three months because you just need that check in and check up. Mm -hmm. Um, You also need to find a physical outlet, you know, so that that can be your mental outlet. And for anybody who's having trouble thinking about therapy being beneficial, I equate a therapist to a trainer at a gym, right? Or the doctor. You need someone to tell you, Go a little bit harder. Go a little bit deeper. Yep. Alter this for a better mood of that. Everyone needs to have that physical outlet as well. So whatever the thing is that allows you to physically exhaust yourself to get that physical component of trauma out. And also, you know, what's your what's your thing of fun? You got to have fun in this life. Because if you don't, it will be stale. Mm-hmm. It will suck. And it'll suck the life out of you and you will not want to be here. So, you know, you have to have different components of outlets, different outlets, period, to get you through. But most importantly, I think you can find affirmations all around the internet. You can follow all of the wellness accounts that will give you amazing affirmations. Because every now and then I run across a few and I'm like, yeah, that one works for me. <laughs> But my mind that I came up with that made me very proud of myself along the journey, like in the beginning stages of the journey where it was like really hard, I lost all the weight, I was constantly in therapy. It was, I am April, 
I am ambitious and I am audacious because I am once before me. I am able to go after everything I want and I am able to achieve everything that I deserve. Period. Yes, you are. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That filled me up. Um, And I'm sure everyone that's listening, it'll fill them up as well. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. (sighs) All right, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for picking you today. Later. Mm -hmm.